Hello and welcome to the podcast What I Wish I Knew as an NQT with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our experiences, both good and bad, of life as an NQT. I'll be talking to those new to teaching as well as those who have spent a lifetime educating children. And one thing you can be sure of, they will all have something interesting and informative to say on the art of being a great teacher. Plus, they will reveal the one thing they wish they knew as an NQT that made a real difference to their teaching and might make a real difference for you too. Today, I am excited to talk to Polly Wicks. Polly qualified in 2016, and she made such a good impression in the school where she was training that they offered her a job. What a wise head teacher. Now, there are many routes into teaching, and Polly had ambitions of being an events manager, but she soon saw the light and realised that wasn't the career for her. Hallelujah. Unsure of what to do next, but feeling the draw of teaching, as many of us do, she volunteered in her old infant school for a few months and instantly knew that teaching was what she really wanted to do. Welcome, Polly. It's great to have the chance to talk to you on the podcast today. Hello. Thank you for having me on here. I'm really looking forward to this chat and talking about the amazing job that is teaching. Yeah, that's it. Polly was always one who was very happy to chat. You <laughs> won't be surprised by the end of this, but uh, talking is one of Polly's great strengths and talking great sense is also one of them. From one so young, she's very wise. So my first thought though, Polly, is are you mad? The exciting world of events management swap for the challenge of getting 30 diverse children to achieve their potential in a wide range of subjects every single day. What on earth made you do it? Well, a lot of people think I'm mad when I say this, but organising 30 children is a lot easier than organising adults. <laughs> ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, you can vouch for this as well, but no day is the same when you're teaching and that's what I loved straight away was you know the ch the things the children come out with each child's completely different and I learned that straight away just from doing the work experience in a school um, instantly I felt that buzz that you get um, which I wasn't getting when I was working doing some work placements for events management there wasn't that buzz or that warm feeling but within a few weeks of being in a school, I could see the real impact that teachers have on children. And I instantly really enjoyed that feeling and knew that that was what I needed um, and straight away just fell in love with it. And I still completely in love with the job right now. So that's yeah. so that's so good to hear. I'm <laughs> I'm really still in love with the job, too. And I've now been doing it for 30 plus years um, I used to be a computer programmer. Did you? And, uh, I did it for two years and, oh, blimey, so depressing going into the office every day with no buzz whatsoever, as you've described. No. I'd, I'm I'd, sure it's a great job for some, but it wasn't for me. No, and I've realised as well, particularly during the pandemic, how much we need that reward from this job because it was really hard to gain any rewarding feeling from the job when you're setting work every day, but you're not if a child doesn't get it, you, there was nothing to follow up from it. You just had to hope that the parent would work with them. And a lot of teachers I spoke to, we felt this weird feeling 
we then realised that we weren't having that normal impact that we do have when we're in the classroom. So being back in the classroom instantly, we've got that passion and that feeling back again. It's it's a job that you get gain so much good feeling from. Yeah, and, and that's so important, isn't it? And I don't think it's selfish at all because the job is so hard that if you didn't get that feedback of of thinking, crikey, I've really done something worthwhile today, then, then you'd never turn up every day, would you? Because because yeah. the, the challenges are enormous. But but I, I I love the way you've described it, that warm feeling. And that's yeah. exactly what it is. And, and I used to feel it every day when I just went into class, thought this is my domain, this is my place. We are going to create utopia for the day even though of course it never quite ended up like that yeah it can be carnage and chaos you create but (laughs) (laughs) that's nice to hear you say that you're obviously a very successful teacher even though you've only been working four years but it's nice to hear you say it's still carnage and chaos because I was teaching Chinese children this week on zoom in China doing doing uh, some work on making mini robots and 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 like you said, doing it on Zoom, so difficult. And I was trying to speak English. They speak English way better than I speak Chinese, but but not when we're getting into complicated electrical stuff. And uh, and I was just thinking, it's not working. It's not working. What can I do? What can I do? And and I'd have felt that if they were English children, because like you say, over Zoom or or whatever other virtual platform you're using. It's blooming difficult, isn't it? It, is. it really is. Now, let's go back, though, to day one. People often say uh, they're terrified on day one. I was, and, and and I guess people are terrified about different things. But did you feel like that? And why do you think that's such a common feeling when you've done all that training and the work teaching experiences and all of that? I was absolutely terrified. I don't think I slept the night before. Um, I think I was there as the caretaker was opening the door on the first day. (laughs) Nice. Everything was in place, moved around the room a hundred times. But it it was that build-up of, have I learned enough? Has everything gone in? Did I take everything in? But as soon as those children come in, you just, it's that natural instinct of, okay, I can do this. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was still big overwhelming feelings the whole for a good few weeks but you do gradually settle in and find your feet but I think no matter all the training you have and all that it does help with the confidence Mm. still it's not until you're in front of that class and you stand there and it's that feeling of I'm not a trainee anymore I'm a qualified teacher and I remember thinking I have no excuse now I can't say oh but I'm a trainee teacher I'm a trainee teacher you know there's it felt like I had no excuse but I still get that feeling now on the first day back of especially after six weeks off and you think Mm. I've forgotten everything um but it does it does all just click into place and you know those overwhelming feelings don't last as long as no well let me let me let you into a secret (laughs) I had the same feeling teaching the Chinese children on Thursday (laughs) just the same and I'm teaching them again on Monday and I'll have the same feelings again. How's it going to go? Will I be able to cope with the situation? Because as you've already said, every day is different. 
the challenge is different every day. You've just got more things to fall back on and more strategies to try, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, and that's the trouble, isn't it? That's the trouble with teaching, that, that getting everything right for every child is impossible. Uh, and but But you must have done, during that first year, you must have thought, at some point, crikey, I got those things right. I got this right. I got this right. I got this right. Because if you constantly focus on the things that aren't going so well, then, of course, that's quite demoralizing for yourself, isn't it? And and you can't keep knocking yourself. So what were the good things in that first year where you thought, whoa, I've done this well? It's, that's the hard part about teaching is there's not enough. I mean, each school's different, but I, I think in general, there's not enough praise or just a pat on the back really and it's such a challenging job you don't just leave work and that's it you're done for the day you you're still thinking about it in the evening at the weekend and you're constantly being a teacher all the time so it's really easy to focus on oh I did a really bad lesson and that's it and I'm going to focus on that whole thing but I don't think it was until towards the end of my first year a parent just a few parents started to praise me and I was I sat back and I thought actually I have made a big impact on this and then I could really focus on the positives mm. and, there, and I realized oh there is a lot I have you know I have worked hard and it has paid off but it's it is such a tough job to sit and you have to do you have to force yourself to sit back and think right no think about the good that you've done and there is a lot more, but it's so easy to focus on that one maths lesson that went really wrong or the one child that you can't tackle their behaviour the way you think you should. Um, but you, it is really important to force yourself to take a step back and focus on the positives because you make such an impact on those children's lives, whether you realise you're doing it or not, but you yeah. are. Forcing yourself, forcing yourself to do it, I think is exactly right because we get taught, don't we, to be self-analytical. Mm. And, and that's really important, of course, because I've never, never met a brilliant teacher who isn't self-analytical, but that's not self-destructive, is it? You're not, you're not actually tearing yourself apart. You're saying, what's the one bit there that I could do a bit better? I used to say to my teachers, every day, one small step. Hey, I sound like that astronaut now, but every day, one small thing, do better. Just one, because then at the end of a school year, you'll have hundreds of things you're doing better. Um, yeah, so, so, but with the good times, of course, you get the down times. And was there, was there a moment in the first year where you thought, what have I done? What, oh, that first year was tough. What's going on? There, there were quite a few of those moments in the first year. Oh, I'm, I'm pleased to hear it because there was for me. <laughs> no and I know a lot of other people I speak to they are exactly the same and it's because we want to we've trained so hard and you want to be outstanding all the time and you want to be doing the best and you think well I'm qualified teacher now I should know everything and I should be able to do everything but that's not the case and it's still not the case now and I think you know even 10 years 20 years it's still not the case you still will not you know have an outstanding day every day but I think it hit me after the Christmas period and I was spending every evening I was taking books home to Mark I was planning every night planning every weekend you know I wasn't relaxing in the half term 
and something happened I think a parent might have moaned about missing cardigan and that was my snapping point and I was just really upset and but I hadn't told anyone I hadn't asked for help I hadn't said to anyone oh I'm not managing my time very well I'm I'm struggling um but luckily I had really good um other teachers in my year group who just sat me down and was like okay this is what I do this this is how I mark my books this is how I manage my time and that really helped me and after that I then felt like I could ask them questions without feeling silly um and just asking for help when I felt like I needed it I think I felt oh I should know how to teach doubling um or things like that I just didn't want to ask for help but even now I still ask other teachers or what would you do for this or what would you do about this because that's so and that's what all great teachers do isn't it and as a head teacher I used to do that all the time I used to ring up other head teachers speak to my teachers speak to my deputy and say I don't really know what to do what do you recommend what are my, what are my options here and, and, and that's so important isn't it to, to yeah. I don't think it's humility it's professionalism isn't it I'm not sure I'm going to seek another professional's view and uh and I'm going to listen carefully and think carefully about what they tell me. It may not provide me with the whole answer, but it will provide me with something really useful to take me forwards. Definitely. And you learn so much more by being like that. I I'm I think I'm like that anyway, not just in teaching. I oh, I need to know everything and be good at everything. But this job has taught me no go out there and ask other teachers what they're doing or how they would approach something um and it's nice when other people come and ask you as well I think it's really important to take the time to do that because there's not much time in teaching there's so many assessments and marking books and all that those points that seem important to Ofsted but you do need to to be a well-rounded teacher and grow you need to be able to ask for help and yeah, you do. Ask and give. Yes. <laughs> it's reciprocal, isn't it? Now, now, I was thrilled to hear you say at the beginning that, because uh, I still love teaching. So what are those things that make you still love teaching so much? You've already told us quite a few, of course, but is there anything else you want to tell us that 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 makes you say, this makes the job special, or this does, or this does? It's there's two big things for me I think one of them is that light bulb moment that everyone talks about but it is Mm. so true when you see children really struggling to understand something um and then you as a teacher you sit back and you're like okay this is how I'm going to support that child and then when they finally get it you know they're so happy with they're so pleased with themselves they're so proud of themselves and you know you've played a part in that and it's lovely to see and I also think the the main thing I love about teaching is we spend most of the day with the children a lot a lot a lot of time with them and you know they trust you you're consistent in their life and it's that word trust comes up all the time everyone I've spoken to has said has used the word trust it's so important isn't it but carry on sorry I just wanted to emphasize that again because well and you're you know, if they trust you and you're a huge role model in their life, it's nice to know you're having that impact on their life, not just the academic part of it, but being able to show them right and wrong and help them understand their emotions because they all go through so much at such a young age. 
um, they do rely on you without you even realizing how much, you know, they rely on you so much to get them mm. through certain things. And it is a big thing as a teacher to carry, but I think we, we now do it without even realizing we support them so much. And Absolutely. That's- Conscious, com- unconscious competence. Absolutely. That's where you are. Because they say, don't they, 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything. So, wow. so you're pretty close to that now, aren't you? Because you've yeah. done four years plus your training, you're pretty close to ten thousand hours now. So, so you're you probably are an expert already. I never feel like I am, and I've done about fifty thousand. But you know, that's uh, that's age, I guess. Uh, you're a bit of a dresser upper, I've heard as well, Polly. Um, <laughs> I, I remember an inspection once in one of my schools, and we went down to one of the infant classrooms, and little Bo Peep was standing outside. And the inspector said, oh, this looks interesting. It was one of my TAs who loved dressing up. And she said, if we come in this classroom, what are we going to see? She said, you're going to see nursery rhymes alive. <laughs> and I'm about to come in looking for my sheep. And <laughs> there's, there's so many moments where I think the best one was when I had to dress up as Goldilocks. We were setting up a crime scene in the classroom because we didn't know who had broken the chairs and there was porridge on the floor as part of our English lesson and we then made a video I was dressed as Goldilocks and then I stepped back and I thought if my friends could see me now (laughs) they would be thinking Polly what are you doing (laughs) they Um, would be thinking yep that's Polly (laughs) but it's those moments that I just think this is amazing what other job could you do this in and get, get such a good reaction and then from that as well amazing writing and so it's yeah. exciting and I just love that element of it. Yeah, brilliant. So let's go to the big question. We've actually had loads of big questions, haven't we? But the question that makes the name of the podcast, what do you know now that you wish you'd known as an NQT? My my big thing, and I, we have spoken about it, but is just take the pressure off yourself because you don't know everything straight away and you, you will never know everything. Thing. Um, so just don't put the pressure on yourself that just because you're qualified, you should be amazing at the job now. And to ask for help because even if it's on a lesson or how to balance your time, because otherwise that's when you can fall out of love with the job and it becomes overwhelming and too much, and then you don't want to do it. And then that has a knock-on effect on the children. So just take the pressure off, ask for help and it's okay to make mistakes and we learn even in life, but we learn so much more from making mistakes. I still remember one observation I had where I didn't show the num all the numbers on a hundred square. And now every time I put a hundred square on the visualizer, all those numbers are on there, but it's those sort of things stick in your head. And they're simple things, aren't they? Simple things to correct. Don't matter that you've made a mistake. I used to say that to the children all the time. We used to cheer when, when someone made a mistake because that was the chance to learn something new. Definitely. And if they said, Mr. Crook, this works a bit easy, the children used to boo me. <laughs> They'd say, we want to learn something new. We want to learn something new. Don't give us easy work. And uh, and, and that's it, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's now, so- now, you've talked a lot about uh, trust and children's feelings and all that sort of thing. And I know you're very interested in mental health for children and young people. Is that something you want to be involved more in in the future? Definitely. And I think it's becoming, luckily, it's been spoken about a lot more how, how important it is for it to start in schools. Um, 
and I've seen it seen it firsthand I with the children I've had in my class and the things that they've gone through and just in general really you see that they're not going to make progress in their learning if they haven't got the mindset that they are capable of anything Um, and if we don't put that in place now then they're going to go through their whole school life not realizing that so I can really see how important that is so I'm making more of a conscious effort to do some online courses um with oh, great well done as the school we've now got a well-being team so we're looking at well-being for children and for the staff as well um so it is is such an important thing and I'm just glad that it's people are now seeing that it needs to start at such a young age rather mm. than oh it's had an impact now let's work on it now hopefully the impact isn't as big because it's now focused on in schools a lot more Absolutely. And and we can't start too young with anything as long as we do it in the right way. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect place to stop. Polly, that has been every bit as interesting as I hoped and knew it would be. Uh, your children and your school, crikey, they're lucky to have you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed that chat. It's nice to have a reminder about how much you do love the job when you get bogged down with all the work side of it but it's good to reflect on how how much you how good of a job it is it certainly is so cool after after all those wise words what now what's the one small thing that you will do that will make a difference to your teaching and a difference to the success of your pupils I just spoke about China and it's reminded me of the old Chinese proverb that says Be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please leave a review and share it with your friends. I love getting feedback and I'm very keen to know what you would like us to discuss in future podcasts and how we can improve what we're doing. And we will keep you updated on what's to come on more on Twitter at what nqt until then i'm jeremy crook and this has been the latest podcast from what i wish i knew as an nqt